Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. All Things in the Name of Love, Episode 25, Ancient Wounds, Transformation, and How the Rising of the Feminine Will Heal the Earth, with Anaya Sophia. Anaya Sophia is an independent mystic of an almost forgotten faith, author of nine books and a teacher of Kundalini Yoga. She carries an oral transmission from the sacred feminine mysteries, which she weaves into all her work. Her books include Open Your Heart with Kundalini Yoga, Mini Size Me, Pilgrimage of Love, Womb Wisdom, Sacred Sexual Union, The Rose Knight, Sacred Relationships, Return of the Grail King, Fierce Feminine Rising. Anaya also has her own unisex clothing label called Anaya's Wardrobe and a range of anointing oils called Sophia Temple Oils. Anaya lives in the Octican region of southern France with her beloved husband, Pete Wilson. Together in union with the land, they take people on their own grail quest into an immersive interaction where an initiation by the feminine principle is almost always guaranteed. They run a B&B where individuals and small groups can come and stay. Anaya can conduct baptism, marriage, divorce, and death rite ceremonies. I'm just so honored that you're on the show today. Thank you so much, my love. Oh, it is a great pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. Mm. So I'm going to start. Uh, we we were talking a little bit before I started recording, and we were diving into the subconscious, unconscious, past life traumas of women that we've been seeing for thousands of years. And this is so perfect in terms of tuning in with your recent work. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and how you see this coming forth and healing after all this time. Well, I think what I've done is I've sort of departmentalized these three huge feminine myths and mysteries and wounds and memories. And they will be particularly relevant for those of us who carry this sort of priestess presence, a temple memory. And they go quite nicely into our three uh, ancient civilizations. I can just do it in, in one sentence. So, for instance, Lemuria, the ancient land and time of Lemuria, comes with the wound of what I call the original separation. This means present-day woman will be having a very hard time and filled with the longing of wanting to absolutely unify completely with the masculine. 
to a point of sacred union, sacred marriage. And until that is done, inwardly and outwardly, she will never be able to rest. Because that is the great tragedy of Lemuria, the separation. The other one, ancient Atlantis. Uh, This is where we will constantly feel that our creative power is being usurped by other people, literally stealing our creative ideas before they've Mm. even got off the ground. Or someone just coming along and saying that they're the one, they're the one who birthed this. This is classic Mm. ancient Atlantis material. And ancient Egypt is the one that is very much connected with sexuality and how something may have gone horribly wrong because of the force of sexuality and feeling that sort of guilt and shame and sort of heavy dread over your shoulders. It's like no one wants to face this stuff, but for us to get our, our wisdom back, this is exactly what we have to have a little look at. Yeah, and that's all in your subconscious because when you when you were talking about Atlantis, I know I have a past life in Atlantis and I was just covered with chills. Yeah. When you were talking and so that's a confirmation for me that this is something I experienced although I did also feel pain from Lemuria. Absolutely. Because, you know, we're all well, I won't say all of us, but those of us who are awakening are old souls. Yes. Yes. I would have imagined that we would have weaved our way through all three of these times, but one is going to stand out real strong and be crying out for some healing and some holing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a fascinating thing because, you know, we have this perception that we are just born into this life and we don't remember when we come into this body, what our previous existences are, but the soul remembers and, and seeing those traumas exhibited in this current life without under, without that understanding of like, what could, what, what am I possibly doing that's causing this? And in this lifetime, you're just repeating cycles Yes. You, you're not necessarily doing it to yourself. You're experiencing the trauma from these other lifetimes. Absolutely. It's unfinished business. Yeah. And of course, our, our modern day society is absolutely invested on keeping us busy, keep, keeping us busy and totally distracted with the present day, you know, kind of sort of superficial presence. There's so much more going on underneath the surface. But if we stay busy scrolling and eating and drinking and and raving, then you know, we're gonna be good little humans and not go looking for <laughs> things from our past. But of course the wake the awakening process is uh, revealing all of these hiding places that are in the body. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a f- absolutely fascinating and fabulous time. It is. I mean, it's it's the the work I've done. I've worked with um, Christian Strang for four and a half years now, doing body talk. Yes. And the stuff we've revealed and uncovered, it's it's just it's like I didn't know this was in me, and yet there's part of me that knows. Yes. 
And that comes through the meditation and the quiet mm. that, yeah. that for some reason isn't something people like to do because it's too scary. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, she's a modern day oracle. She is. <laughs> she, she so is. is. <laughs> yes. And learning, well, I've also, I've also tuned into some of your profound meditations um, invoking some of the ancient essential oils. Oh, yeah. And such a profound experience. Can you talk to me about how you received that guidance and, and why you picked those specific essential? I had to go searching for Fragonia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this is quite a recent thing, to be honest. I've always had like a handful, maybe three maximum, essential oils, you know, on my person always. Mm -hmm. And I always inhale them when I'm about to write. I definitely, definitely always inhale and, cons and consistently continue to inhale when I'm recording transmissions. And so they're very much part of my meditative and prayer process. And uh, earlier this year, a woman come to stay at the house because my husband and I, we have a B&B &B in the south of France. And she was noticing this activity I have of, <laughs> you know, putting the, the bottle right up to my nostril and just inhaling deeply before I say anything. Wow. She said, what are you doing? I said, well, I always do this. It helps me, it helps me, you know, tune in to the zone, you know, where I'm going to either speak or write from. And she said, are you a metaphor? I went, ooh. I don't know, but I like the sound of that word. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, I think you are. She says, how long have you been doing this? And I said, well, the best part of 15 years when I first inhaled spikenard, which is the oil that Mary Magdalene used to anoint Jesus's feet. Mm -hmm. That was my first, first oil. And this is um, basically, I just inhale it when I'm, quiet when I'm in my center. And the, the aroma of spikenard takes me to the place where all of my transmissions, which are over a hundred now, have come from. Wow. This is absolutely and authentically true. So then I started to study this Murafor tradition. Mm -hmm. And of course, it was, uh, it was a sense of, you know, this is extremely familiar. This makes absolutely crystal clear sense. These oils are, um, they are beings, they are frequencies. And of course, when you inhale them, you travel, you, you transport to, to where they are coming from. Mm. Yeah. That is so powerful. So basically, powerful. I just say, <laughs> without editing, exactly what I see and hear. That is so amazing, and I, I've I've felt I when when I've heard your your meditations, I've been with you. Yeah, I know that I'm in the space that you're in because I feel it, and it's just so powerful because you're tapping into that ancient time that our conscious selves don't have any awareness of. Yes, yes, and also. I've given myself a huge dollop of permission 
Because I totally believe when you're in the zone, when you're meditating or praying and you're in the zone, you're in that quiet place, mm-hmm. I know you too could also record the most profound things if you just went for it. Mm-hmm. You could. No, I know. I've I've had with when when I what I love is the the times and they're getting more frequent when I get out of my own way. Yep. I had a few months ago where one of my friends said, "Erica, I was just told I had to ask you to help heal my mom." Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to pull cards? What I, I don't understand. And we got on Facebook and I started vibrating. Mm. And my head desperately wanted to figure out what it was, but it was so big that it couldn't, mm. which means I didn't block it. Yeah. And I ended up healing her, her mother just because I didn't, I didn't stop myself. Bless you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. That's the way. Yeah. I call it riding roughshod. You know when you get on a horse and you don't have a saddle or a bridle, but you just go? (laughs) I do. (laughs) It's like, I think we're in this time, you know, we're in this quickening. We can't wait till we think we're perfect. Mm -hmm. We just got to go out there and start speaking that intuitive wisdom. Because the time is ticking. It is. Yeah. And it's, I'm feeling like, I mentioned to my partner yesterday that I am shocked by how quickly this year has gone by. Mm -hmm. And I know it's because it's an acceleration time. I don't know what's going to be happening past that other than I have, I have a sense, which is the inner knowing, but I, it's just this, it's like we're clearing out all of this old so we can shine as who we really are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm over here in Europe. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, <laughs> we're, we're all looking on with great interest to Brexit. Yeah. yeah that's just such a big one in Europe. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going to happen in the next couple of weeks? Mm. Yeah. It, it feels like all of this toxic masculine is all coming out at the same time just because it needs to. Yep. Yes. Um, and I'm intentionally not paying attention to the news very much because I took a, I took about peace for four, Yeah. Four years ago. <laughs> it's like, my life has changed so much. So I, I have hints of what's going on, Yes. but I, I have a tendency, I have an addictive personality in terms of needing to know what I don't really need to know. Right. Yeah. Easier for me not to pay attention to the news because then I don't get caught up in it and I don't get ungrounded. Yes. 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 Yeah. I like, I like to have a look at things because I try and then translate it into energy, Mm -hmm. you know, energetically, what, what is this? What, you know, is this a push? Is this a pull? Is this a widening? Is this a slimming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like yeah, when, I don't like to get too much involved in the the details and the sensation. You, well, when you spoke about Notre Dame, that oh yeah, that, yeah. Do you want to speak about that for a little bit, like what you felt? Because I know when I read what you wrote, it just gave me chills. I know. I was at first, I was astonished at my reaction. 
so many people were sending me live footage. And I tuned in and I watched. And at first, I was not, I wasn't upset. I wasn't astonished. I wasn't shocked. Okay. I was, which is, which is out, an outrageous thing to say. Yeah. You know, looking at this historical building go up in flames, I was so neutral. And then underneath that neutrality, there was kind of like a sort of a delight, a bubbling up of um, excitement. Wow. And joy. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know, what's this delayed shock? And then I realized what was previously underneath that building, Mm. which was an old temple of Isis. Mm. which had a altar to Osiris. So to me, that immediately spells out sacred union. Isis and Osiris were together in ancient Egyptian times. And that this island in the Seine used to be a very powerful and holy sacred space for the Celts. And so my excitement and happiness was not because this beautiful old building was on fire. It was because I just knew in my belly that what was in the foundations of this building was shaking. It was shaking and it was freeing itself and it was sort of like coming up through the land and uh, changing everything up above. Mm. So I I was like, yay! Yeah. (laughs) Because I felt when when I tuned into it, I just felt all this dark energy leaving, mm. like all the oppression leaving and this, this, this cleansing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are many people, historical people, burnt at the stake, you know, in front of the main doors of Notre Dame. This is not good. No. This is not good. And, and that's what I feel was going up in flames. That kind of behavior, that kind of like, you know, humiliating and powerlessness mm-hmm. and uh, punishing all of that, it, all of that behavior is going up in those flames. Mm. So grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And now I understand it's going to be restored with nature playing a really key role. Really? Yeah, there's going to be like a, a roof garden on the roof oh. with honeybees and flowers. And I believe, don't quote me, but I believe there's going to be some sort of water flowing feature on the inside. Oh, that would be amazing. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. See, th- there it is. Th- there's, there's that alchemy of transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst of all things happen, the worst of the worst. And then the great birth. Mm. Yeah. And of course, and we're, you know, all... we're in this great big transformation, aren't we? This global oh, we are. We're so, we're so scared of, of the unknown. Yeah. And the loss, and I... the loss of our, you know, our comfortable lives. Mm-hmm. Clinging on. Don't take away my dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Right, because yeah. it's it's, it's oh, those who are tethered to their three dimensional realities are terrified. 
Yes. Yeah. Because they aren't aware that they're spirits in bodies. Yes. And that all is well. Mm -hmm. Eventually, all is well. You know, to have that little faith piece. I mean, it's all very well me saying that, <laughs> you know, right, here, right <laughs> now. But, it, you know, in the moment, I, I can't possibly, you know, fully, fully believe that. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's the work. That's, you know, to, just to maintain that all is well. This has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. This too shall that's, pass. Right. And I think I've been pulling uh, a Cali card a lot lately. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, and, and when I first started pulling, I was like, oh, man, what's going on? I'm like, oh, this is just a reminder that it's not just an ending. It's a beginning. It's a transformation. And we have this fear of Callie because she's this she's a destroyer so you know she's a feminine version of destroyer and creation comes from destruction yes yeah so it's a just being present to whatever is and allowing whatever wants to come through to come through yeah that's right that's right it's a process and yeah, and also again, you know, our our lifestyle, it doesn't like to give us too much time off, you know, to rest, to lay low. And again, Carly, if it's a biggie, this is what she's going to be asking for, a real surrender, maybe even, you know, a few days in bed, just mm -hmm. lying there, not trying to work, not trying to Facebook, not trying to go out shopping to get away from the pain but to just lie there mm -hmm. and you might not be eating. You might be crying constantly, but that is what she's asking for. That is the authentic showing up for the work of Carly. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly have, have had to do that many a time. I haven't done days in the bed, but I have cried. So right. Oh, I've done months. I've done a few months. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, the golden fleece, the gift at the end of it is enormous. Yeah. And it's not a gift that gets given. It's a gift that emerges from within you. It's, it's you know, it's a new part of your character. So it can't be taken away. Mm. It's incredible. It's a real deepening. Yeah, it is. It's, it's just such a process. How did you first tap into your gifts? Hmm. No. Well, I definitely got this side of my character. People say I'm mercurial. I'm very fast. I I sort of like, you know, experience something and then the following day I'm telling everyone about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my cat my character. Very quick to, you know, jump in with both feet. Mm. Uh, very, very experimental. I don't tend to hold back because I'm shy. That's in spiritual circles, though. In a social setting, I'm totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I hold back. I sit on the edge. I, I watch from a safe space. <laughs> but mm. my spiritual side is much more adventurous. 
Oh, that's so beautiful because I, I was recently visiting some friends in Maine and I have shed a lot of my former personality because it doesn't feel like it fits me anymore. Yeah. Which is amazing. And so I'm talking to, so I don't know how often you've been to the United States, but when you go to the East Coast, the Puritan movement is alive and well. Ah. <laughs> and on the West Coast, it's not as, there's elements, but it's, I mean, Puritanism has just infected our country a lot. Um, yes. And so I'm talking about my spiritual growth and they're all kind of like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. And I'm like, well, no, I'm I'm just being who I really am. And I was gauging my conversations to un- to the person I was talking to so I wouldn't overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is just so, so much a part of me that I can't not talk about it. But I also noticed that people weren't all that interested in talking to me. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe stick to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's, it's it, they love me, which is amazing, and I love them, which is amazing, and we're just in different spaces because that that what are people going to think of me? Which right. is a huge part of Puritanism. It's like, how yeah. am I going to be judged? Yeah, yeah, and that's I understand why England kicked him out. <laughs> 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 but it's it's just a fascinating thing in the United States. I was in um I went to an Indian wedding a couple months ago and I watched the one of the women dance and she was so fully present in her body mm. that it shocked me because that's not how we dance in the United States. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Cuz we'd have to be in touch with our bodies. Yes. Yes. Is that something you see at all in Europe, or are you more comfortable with yourselves? Well, um, where I'm living, where I live with my husband, it's a very sort of alternative, kind of hippie, hippie sort of portal. It's another portal. It's a bit like Sedona, a bit like Glastonbury. And Mm. yeah, the people in Europe are definitely much more in contact with their bodies. You've got to remember, I come from Britain. Mm-hmm. That's where I was born and raised. And Britain is not a place where you get to see that too often. Unless you're in the sort of creative and alternative scene. Mm-hmm. And I think, to be honest, all creative and alternative scenes, you know, as soon as you sort of like tune into that community, it's only a matter of time before that body work piece starts to show up and invite you in. Mm. And, you know, if you're new to that community, you will, you will notice what you noticed in that Indian woman. You know, there's a freeness, there's an expression, there's a, there's a joy. These people are like, wow, they're having a great time. And so you'll naturally start going into those sorts of classes and gatherings Mm. Yeah, I mean it, it's essential. It's it's essential. This this bodywork piece, mm-hmm. sexuality as well. You know, self image, nakedness. You know, how do we really feel about this body? How authentic are we in it? Mm-hmm. What happens when the clothes come off? <laughs> oh, know, so, so- how are you? How are we with our own nakedness? You know, just yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. 
what what happens when you when you see yourself in the mirror? Yeah. I I run past real quick. <laughs> I've got into my uh, menopause. I'm well. I'm fully fledged. I'm totally in the in the middle of it. Um, oh, I'm right there with you, honey. <laughs> body body has done a great change in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Oh, don't they all? And they're so and they're so beautiful. Okay, so one of the offerings you give is something I heard about a year ago, where you bring a group of women into a cave. Yes. Yes. And tell me about that, because that just when I heard that, I was like, what is this? This is so amazing because it feels like it's helping women get in touch with their bodies more fully. Are you talking about a transmission or me really taking women to a cave? Really taking women to a cave. You talked to uh, Nicole about that. Yeah. Well, where again, where I live, this region in southern France, this has a big reputation of being a place where Mary Magdalene came to after Mm. leaving Jerusalem. And of course, centuries later, you got the the history of the Cathars and the Albigensian Crusade, who are the Cathars are the spiritual descendants of Mary Magdalene. And they lived in caves. So there's many caves in this area, and there's particularly three which are known as the Cathar Initiation Caves. Ooh. And that is where I've been taking people, sometimes to have a complete darkness meditation. Because when you go into these caves, you are in the jet, jet, jet black. You are in full blackout. And these are not just any old caves. These caves have been used for ritual and ceremony since the Neolithic times. So they are pulsing (sighs) beings and powers and energies. So it's pretty intense. Yeah. But that is what, that is the gift they they give you. They help uh, lift, you know, those sort of like dark and unknown fears from the mind. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah, it, 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 it's, um, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. People always leave this area with like lifetime memories, memories that are going to just last for the rest of the life. Well, I, I, I've read about that region and the energy that's there is, yeah. I mean, in a book is palpable. Yes. Yeah. And again, you know, if, if you've been here, in a previous time, you get a calling. You get a calling to return a heart, a heart pull. Mm-hmm. It's unmistakable. I had it. I had it. I, I simply couldn't refuse. And then once I came and made contact with this place, then it was so very difficult to leave. Yeah. All I was doing was like planning, how do I get back? Mm. And then, you know, then I just went for gold and bought a house. And, you know, just, just obeyed, basically, yeah. <laughs> obeyed the longing. Mm. How do you help people get past their fears to obey that longing, that heart pull? Well, I am a storyteller, and I definitely use that part to really sort of bring to life the 
urgency of the times that we're in. Mm. So I, I tell the story in such a way that there is such a massive appeal to the heart of that person and, and they feel it, you know, something inside of them gets touched and they, and they can feel the sincerity of my appeal mm -hmm. to just come on, come on, come on, come on, take that step. We need you to take that step. And because it's all been done in a story rather than a lecture, mm -hmm. um, you know, the energy of joy and spontaneity and playfulness is there as well as the, you know, the deepening and the maturing and the, yes, okay, yes, I hear you. Yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm. Oh, I love that you do that. I've, I've, when I've tuned into to your meditations, you, the quality of your voice is such a high energetic vibration mm. that I feel not only your words, but the transformation taking place because you're at that level of vibration that opens up the opportunity for change. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so that's very beautiful to say that. Thank you. You're welcome. I suspect that, yes, that's most that. definitely the intention. <laughs> yeah, I feel it, it's, it's just this beautiful, it's you and it's more than you. Mm. Yeah. And it's a vibration. It's a fat, because I'll, I'll, I'll tune in and I'll immediately go into theta. Mm. Like within 30 seconds. Yeah. And I've never had a meditation do that except with you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm just inhaling on that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's jammed right up my nose. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could do it without. But uh, oh, I'd much rather with. I was going to say, why, why fix something that isn't broken? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the way. Mm. That's beautiful. I haven't, I have a slightly stuffy nose, so I have to really, really stick my nose in something yeah. to sniff. But I'll, I'll, I'll definitely start incorporating because I have the spike nard. It's mm. been sitting there going, "What do you want with me?" <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that'll, that'll take you places. Mm. It's like the other day I was working with sandalwood. And I'd really got myself into a pickle. I was really in a, like a separated state, really, really shut down. You know, this summer has been, you know, one wave after the other. And, you know, I was having a moment. I was having a really big moment. And I just could not find my heart. And I could not find, uh, you know, that first opening line of prayer. So I was kind of stuck. Nothing, mm. nothing, nothing was lifting this. And then I remembered, oh, sandalwood. That's the oil that opens the closed heart. Mm. So I went to my little box, found my sandalwood, inhaled deeply, and immediately burst into tears. And the oh. heart was open. I've never known anything like it. The, the, the scent was just so pure that it got through my little veils of separation and it managed 
to just get right into the heart. That's amazing. Yeah, it yeah, it really is. It really is. Wow. So so okay, so Santa Wood is opening your heart. Opening the closed heart. So you know okay. those moments when you don't want to talk to anyone, it's like, don't look mm-hmm. at me, I'm ugly. You just you're in a state of separation. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to pray and it's like, dear, well, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really bad, really bad. Then sandalwood is an oil that that could lift you out of that. Mm. I mean, you'll eventually come out anyway. Might take a couple right. of days, but sandalwood, oh, it just gets right in, and you feel your heart again. You feel your grace, your goodness, your light. Mm. What 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 other? I'm stuttering here. What other <laughs> oils do you use for different? to help you with different things well we spoke about the fragonia earlier so fragonia is an oil to release you from negative powerful got to get that word in powerful negative energy and past contracts so if you have a feeling that someone's around and you're interacting with them and you just kind of got this sort of foreboding ooh. Uh, feeling around them and it's not because they're being harmful or cruel in any way you just can't put your finger on it it's just like oh I don't want to get too close to this person there's something about them that just doesn't feel right and yet they appear absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. maybe maybe you have you know a past karmic contract with that person Maybe not so much now, but then you would have experienced powerful negative energy between the two of you back then. And of course, now in present time, you're sort of sensing the echo of that. And you're like, not really sure I can trust this one. Mm. So you'd use the Fragonia. Mm. Not so much to like heal and, you know, skip off happily ever, ever ever after with that person, but it will definitely lift that sort of foreboding sort of dread when you're, mm-hmm. when you're close to that one. Or it could be an environment. You know, there might be an, an environment where you get that feeling like, ooh, I don't like this house or I don't like this room or I don't like this whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, something may have happened. That's mm. another that's another interesting oil. Especially yeah. if you're working, let's just say, with a family member. You know, it's been years and you're working on this one particular issue. And by golly, it looks like you're not getting anywhere. And perhaps there's something a little bit more weighty going on in the past. Mm. And for a Fragonia, it kind of like eases the edges. It suffuses, it suffuses the, you know, the, the energy of the dread. That's a very heavy, mm. that's very weighty energy. And Fragonia will just lift, lift the density out of it, make it much mm. more power, pliable, and, and you'd be able to uh, transmute it mm-hmm. more gracefully. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. What else do you use? Um, what's another one of my old faithfuls? <clears throat> well, myrrh. Myrrh mm. is an oil that powerfully puts you in direct contact with the mother energy. 
And also another thing worth noting, the Temple of Solomon, King Solomon's Temple, mm -hmm. he always had 12 ancient oils burning at the same time. Really? created a 13th aroma, a 13th fragrance. Mm-hmm. Because it was the burning of the twelve, right? Myrrh was one of them. Spikenard was one of them. Frankincense was another one, and that is that's the kind of stuff I like unearthing. Yeah, you know those old those old holy oils. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that mixture mm. just has this divine sense to it. Absolutely. I mean. And if you walked into the Temple of Solomon and then and those 12 oils are burning extravagantly, then you don't actually need to do anything else. No. <laughs> you will just be no. transported the moment you enter. Oh. And, you know, no wonder he yeah. was so filled with wisdom. Yeah. Because how could you not be in that environment? Right. You just, just the... downloading left, right, and center. <laughs> That's just fascinating. I never, it never occurred to me that there was, I mean, I know how much essential oils cost now. So I'm trying to extrapolate back to then to have that unlimited supply. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know when Mary Magdalene washed Yeshua's feet. Yeah. Who was it? can't remember which one of the disciples, but he yelled at her. Yeah, that's right. I, I think it was Peter. Because she wasted, wasted this precious oil. And I know her thought process was, what are you holding it for? Yes. What is more sacred yeah. than blessing Yeshua? Because, yes. really, Peter? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to add a piece to that one. Please. If you've ever inhaled spikenard, it is strong. Mm -hmm. You just have to undo the lid and the whole room is smelling of it. Yep. So if she released that alabaster jar all over Yeshua's feet, then the other 12 disciples would have gone on a journey with that fragrance. There, There is simply no way that you could have a normal conversation in a room filled with that amount of spikenard. Wow. They, too, would have plunged into a deep meditation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. So to fuss about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you fuss know, about it. Peter probably didn't even say that. That's just a Bible thing. I don't right. Th I don't think he could say that. Right, because he would have been so transfixed. He'd be in the zone. <laughs> it fascinates me to see all the different ways that the story was conveniently altered for power. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and key and significant events downplayed. Mm -hmm. You know, if that is not a full-on initiation... You know, going from one state to the other, yeah. Then I don't know what is that. That that moment is easily up there with the Last Supper, mm -hmm. but yeah. it's not. It's it. It doesn't fall in with a story. 
No. Well, none none of Mary Magdalene's work falls into the story. No. No. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's getting there. The Gospel of Mary Magdalene, that is a great Mm -hmm. revelation Mm -hmm. of more, you know, more more of a look of her as a teacher, an apostle. Yeah. You know, a guide and a, a guide with authority. You know, now now things are starting to shift when we start reading those manuscripts. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> certainly wasn't some poor little fallen woman. No. No. Not even remotely. No. Just um she was the feminine. Yeah. She was the divine feminine in yeah. human form. Yes. And that brings me to your amazing book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell me about what the inspiration was for it and how you're helping heal the wounded feminine on this planet. Well, uh, Fierce Feminine Rising. And the strap line is heal from predatory relationships and recenter your personal power. Mm. This one comes out on the 7th of January, 2020. And it's an audio book as well, which I'm recording next month. So this is a this is a slightly different voice. Well, it's my transmission voice, actually. Okay. My previous books were, were very much focusing on sexuality, sacred union, and that that part of the journey. But now with Fierce Feminine Rising, this is definitely about voice. This is about standing up. This is about realizing you're a leader. This is about stepping forward and going out there. And and there's many, many lifting of the veils to to see what's actually operative, you know, on this planet, in in the parts of society that we have trusted, blindly trusted. So there's a little bit of a, a revealing there. Mm. And and the whole purpose and intention behind the book is for people to feel remember earlier i said something about appealing appealing to the heart mm-hmm. and that appeal is for us all to rise up to stand up to speak out to say no more to to join together you know at first the feminine mm-hmm. and then you know soon there's going to be an absolute obvious rebirth of the masculine we're going to see the old one fall away mm. and we're going to see the, the fresh green shoots of the new one appearing. And then, you know, then we've come full circle and we could be easily up there with those great civilizations that we mentioned at the beginning of this talk. Mm. You know, Lemuria, Atlantis, Egypt, before the fall, a time when we were really doing everything right in balance, in harmony, a golden age. My heart feels so wide open right now. (laughs) We so need this. Mm. And knowing what your transmission voice is like, I'm going to get the audio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I, I am so honored to have had this conversation with you. Oh, thank you so much. I love everything we've covered. Mm. Really important stuff. Mm-hmm. 
This week's action item is to do one of two things. Go to Anaya's website and get one of her meditations. Option two is to get one of the essential oils we brought up, one that resonates the most, and inhale it deeply and see what happens. Until next week, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.